Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we're going to do a little deeper dive on the word Safa, which is the watchman, represented by Strong's number H6822. And let me read the definition. It means a watchman. It means to behold, to look, to wait, to lean into, to spy, to observe, to wait. And so we said that a watchman, a Safa, is someone who was paying attention, uh, someone who was also uh, ob- observant, someone who would testify of what they've seen and that their motivation had to be love. And then last week we talked with Cheryl Owens, who had a vision as a watchman. She's an intercessor, and God gave her this vision, which became a prayer directive, and how that uh, just represented like the temple. Uh, you know, that we have the outer court, inner court, and holy of holies represented by our flesh, our soul, and our spirit. How that uh, as intercessors, some of us, are, you know, have a, have the sphere of our family and the things that, that we are in direct contact with, and that some have a larger intercessory directive. Maybe it's for church or churches or, or your, you know, regional. And then we said uh, the prophet, uh, just like the prophets in your Bible who were referred to as watchmen, sometimes they have a national message that God gives them. And so we want to focus in on a watchman, and I've decided to name uh, this podcast Go Set a Watchman. Uh, About five years ago, Harper Lee, the famous novelist who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, a book was released that was the prequel, but is actually the sequel. (laughs) It was written before, but it's it's the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. And in this book, we see that Atticus, her father, who is the hero of the book, um, he, you know, she she goes off and comes back home, and it's a much more complex story. And so we see that uh, that the star of the book, that Scout, has matured, and she's come back, and she sees um, the flaws in the people around her that she had idolized. In fact, uh, she's quoted as saying that she had almost put uh, Atticus, her father, on a pedestal, and it's as if he was her moral compass, and she had almost seen him like a godlike figure. And so um, it, it she was calling out the hypocrisy, and really, uh, in this book, Scout becomes a watchman. Uh, she has traveled to distant places, she's matured, and she's able to see things that a lot of people around her can't see. And so I want to kind of springboard off of that idea, um, and I, I will be honest, I have watched several reviews, but I have not read Go Set a Watchman. Um, it's on my, on my to-do list, but my to-do list is quite long, so I don't know when I'll get to it. But I do want to say that... Um, that, that there's an analogy here that applies to our lesson about the Safa, the watchman. You know, oftentimes when someone becomes a watchman, uh, they are at a, a different vantage point. So let me explain how this would work. You know, it's a little bit of review, but, you know, in the days of, of castles or uh, let's just say walled cities, I actually saw a documentary on Jamestown not too long ago, and they would have a wall around their village, but they would build into the wall watchtowers and assign people to watch their fields uh, because they didn't want them to be raided. 
and, and things being stolen from people. They had outcasts from the from the colony or from Indians or, you know, whatever, you know, the Native Americans. And so um, there was someone had to constantly watch over the crops because they were an agrarian society. That was their only really form of subsistence and income. And so that was extremely important. So I sort of take on that mindset of a watchman. So a watchman, number one, he's, he's, he's on the edge of the colony. He's on the edge of the, of the, you know, the castle, the domain of the king. And so he's looking out from a very high, different vantage point from the average person. And so I want to speak to a minute to sometimes when you become a watchman, you're going to have a different perspective. And sometimes that will actually uh, cause you to be labeled differently. And you might be pushed to the edge or feel like you've been pushed to the edge. I think of uh, the movie, he says, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner. You know, sometimes you feel like you've been put in the corner and you've been sort of uh, sidelined, if you will, because of the things that you have observed. Um, and I'm just going to kind of use this, uh, this uh, a little bit of this book to sort of say, you know, sometimes when you've had a different perspective, you can even come back into your church or your town or whatever, the world, you know, or your job. And once you've been enlightened and you have seen, um, you know, a higher moral standard, you can look around and go, oh, wow, they don't even realize um, this is not good. This is not good for them. You know, in this book, it's talking about racism. You know, a scout came home and after being in New York, she realized, you know, that even the people who she thought were, were champions of racism, that it was much more complicated, that Atticus uh, was a segregationist, even though he had defended uh, you know, the black man in court who was wrongfully accused. And so, um, you know, your eyes become enlightened. And so you can face um, some difficulty socially and really spiritually among people around you who don't have the same perspective or vantage point that you have. Now, we've, I want to preface and, and just put a disclaimer that, uh, you know, some people may have a background in, the ho- in a holiness uh, background where there was a lot of legalism and a lot of rules, and I understand that. And 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 then some people come from a background where there's so much grace that maybe they needed some rules in their life. And so, I'm talking about normal, balanced believers here, not the extremes. But but sometimes when you become prophetic, you can feel like that your views are not mainstream. And so I want to sort of springboard off of that and also speak, you know, last time when we talked about Safa, I talked about um, there's a natural or, or, or you know, a, a parallel in, not in the spirit world, but in the natural world of the news media being, in a, in a sense, they are a watchman. You know, they're the ones who sort of are the gatekeepers of information and they tell us what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump has been famous for coining the phrase fake news because uh, on the whole in our media, and it's not everywhere, but on the whole, there has been um, a mixing of objective news telling and there has been uh, entered into that um, just commentary and opinion and those two don't go together. And so I want to stop and speak to that for just a minute. You know, in the Bible, and I always want to go back and and use the Bible as our as our reference. God uh, said to the prophet Ezekiel, and this is in Ezekiel three seventeen. 
Um, and let me back up and say this, that the Bible uses the role of a watchman to describe the work of a prophet among God's people. The book of Ezekiel sets the stage for the prophet's ministry to the divided houses of Judah and Israel. So, you know, the, the kingdom was divided. And, um, and, and by the way, that's a parallel for us today um, oftentimes, even in the church, you know, there, I wish there was more unity, but we've we've uh, oftentimes seen a lot of division, even within. And I'm talking the church with a capital T, just the the Protestant church at large. There's been some division, and so God said in Ezekiel 3:17 to the prophet Ezekiel, "This is God talking." He said, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. Notice this is God's message, not Ezekiel's message, not for Ezekiel Ezekiel to add commentary and opinion. He's simply a messenger of what he has seen and heard. He is a messenger giving Israel uh, the words that God has said. And so... We see that God's message is delivered through a human instrument. And let's keep this point firmly in mind that this is God's message. I believe that sometimes when people uh, put opinion mixed in with what God has told told them as a, quote, watchman, that's when they are delivering spiritually fake news. And we don't ever want to be guilty of that. We want to only speak the words that God speaks and and the things that God shows you should line up with scripture. It should be confirmation of what what is lining up with scripture. And remember, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, America today uh, and the church today has some of the same issues that ancient Israel dealt with. There's, There's nothing new going on here. But we are in a time of of, um, a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos. And so having someone who's, you know, I've said that it feels like sometimes you're flying at 10,000 feet, but when you really connect with God in prayer and you really listen to the voice of the Lord and and you're in your word, it's like you're flying at 50,000 feet and you have a completely different vantage point of the landscape and what's going on. And so I just wanted to say that, you know, a Safa has to be careful. You have to be careful to only speak the words that the Lord gives you. And so that's why I wanted to sort of connect it to this ghost set a watchman. Um, I wanted to sort of uh, sort of extend our, our Bible study lesson on Safa. And so in addition to, to being observant, you know, uh, to watch and staying awake and testifying and letting love being our motivation, we have to also with that be very careful to only speak the things that the Lord has us speak, knowing that everyone may not receive your message. You may feel sidelined at times. People are not always going to like the message. You know, when someone delivers the news, it's sometimes it's good news. Sometimes it's bad news. Sometimes it's just news. But you don't shoot the messenger. You know, the, the messenger, as long as he's just giving you the facts, I think of that old uh, TV show Dragnet, and he would say, just the facts, ma'am. You know, that we need to just stick to the facts and stick to the what the, what the Lord is saying. And that's how we keep ourselves um, covered spiritually uh, by the Lord and by Scripture. And so we need to just proceed with caution and knowing, though, that um, some people will shoot the messenger and they won't receive the message. But you're not responsible for that. You're only responsible 
for what the, you know, the words that the Lord has given you and you answer to the Lord. So I want to sort of take now and shift a gear and talk about some of the different Safa, the different prophets in your Bible that are referred to as watchmen. And I may leave some of them out because there's so many. Of course, we just said Ezekiel. Ezekiel is one of those um, that, that God used. Another one um, is Jeremiah. In Jeremiah six seventeen, it says, um, I have set watchmen over you, saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. So like I said, you're not always responsible for how the message is received. You're just responsible to deliver the message and understand that everyone may not receive the message that the Lord is, is uh, using you to say, you know, I'm just going to go back to the to last week. Uh, and Cheryl saw this uh, prayer directive that came out of a vision. And, and she had some wonderful points. And one of those was uh, sanctification and holiness. Um, and we're not talking about extreme legalism. I'm just talking normal sanctification and holiness. And, and I think we brought up that there's some things that um, some choices we make that may cost us, uh, every, I believe everything comes with a price tag. Let me say it this way. Everything comes with a price tag. There's some things I just can't afford to do. The anointing is so precious that there's some things I just don't want to compromise that anointing. And so there's some things I just cannot do. And, and by, sin, by in essence, that is sanctification. You know, sanctification means to set something apart for God's use. And I use the analogy of my guitar. And so I've made... Uh, just a personal decision to sanctify, uh, you know, my, my music to the Lord. And so I don't uh, play any anything but worship on that particular guitar. And so that's just my personal view. I also don't really listen to any secular music. I, I pretty much just listen to worship music, and that's just a personal decision. But I will tell you that uh, that has also, I believe, kept my heart sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and and I believe that has begat a, a great anointing in that area, and that, that anointing is so precious to me. You know, that's that's the, something, you know, I said salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you dearly, and it will cost you much, but it's uh, it's so worth it, and it's really not a burden. I, you know, it's, it's something I desire to do, but I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail. But I just wanted to talk about some of these watchmen, these Safa in your Bible. And so we said Jeremiah was one. And look, his message was, was not completely well received at all. Another one that I'm thinking of is uh, Isaiah. Uh, another one would be uh, Hosea. Hosea is called a watchman. In Hosea 9, 8, it says, the watchman of Ephraim was with my God, but the prophet is a snare of the fowler in all his ways and hated in the house of his God. So, you know, they rejected Hosea too. And so, like I said, the anointing sometimes is costly. It, it does come with a price. It might cost you your, your popularity or your uh, being cool or, be, you know, being one of the, the, the cool kids. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, another one, I'm just going to talk about some more of these. Uh, Habakkuk 2, 1 through 20. Basically, here's a, a summary of that. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tables so he who may run reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. 
It seems slow, but wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol, which is basically hell. Like death, he is never... Uh, he never has enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects all his own peoples. And so this was Habakkuk, you know, rebuking uh, the, the leadership and, and, and all at that time. And so he was not well received either. And I hate to paint such a glum picture, but we need to understand that there's a responsibility that comes with a watchman. Now, the reward is you are able to see the big picture. You are able to be connected with what God is saying. You, you are sort of um, like an insider. You know, I think about uh, another example of a watchman in our nations uh, would be, I, I think about, um, I like uh, some these TV shows or whatever where they have like intelligence and spies and things like that. And, you know, there's this one show I watched where they would use, they, you know, the agent would go into the field on a mission and they would have the support person on the computer with the little headset, uh, you know, and talking to them. I think they call them their handler. And they would use these spy satellites. And so he would be able to assist the agent in the field because he had the vantage point uh, on his computer screens of what the spy satellites could see. You know, he would be like, oh, you have, you know, two incoming trucks or whatever, you know, you need to go here or turn left here. And so she, uh, the, the agent in the field was getting direction from the, from the watchman, basically. And so that's sort of a, a neat analogy of having that incredible vantage point. And oftentimes the watchman is sort of a behind the scenes person, you know, intercessors. And, and, and I think watchman is, is summed up probably best through the role of an intercessor. Um, that's one of the, the most, uh, I guess, common ways to think of a watchman is, is someone who's an intercessor. And I hope all of us feel that we are intercessors to some degree. Now, some, I think, have a special anointing in that area, but we should all be praying, of course, for the things in our sphere, but even beyond our sphere, you know, you, you should be praying regular for your pastor, you know, your church and your pastor, your, your leaders, uh, the nation and for Israel. There's, you know, we should be praying for God's, God's land and his people. And so, and, and praying for everything. So there, you know, I could probably just go on and on, but, but my point is, is that, uh, you know, when we are watchmen, when we are Safa, we've got to see with spiritual eyes. We've got to hear. We've got to, like Habakkuk said, take our stand on the watch post. And we've, you know, we, we said last time that, that that requires patience. And that's part of one of the words here is patience. You know, I talked about going out in the field when they had a, a meteor shower and uh, it was really dark and we were watching the sky. And, and you know, if you turn away, you know, or are not paying attention, you can miss something incredible. So, so there is a degree of patience that required. Um, I also want to talk about, and we sort of talked about an overview and, and some of the different watchmen in our Bible, but I also want to talk about just the responsibilities of a watchman. So in Ezekiel 33, 6, it says, But if the watchman sees the sword come and does not blow the trumpet, and did not warn the people, if the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will, I will require at the watchman's hand. So he's basically 
giving a warning here that um, when you take on the role of a watchman, you are responsible if there is a warning to be given to give that warning. And let me tell you, that can actually be really difficult uh, sometimes. That can definitely put you in a, a difficult position. Um, and next week, I'm hoping to have my mom on. This is a role that I think God has oftentimes spoken to her um, she was in a position where she was the adult Sunday school teacher for years at, at a large church, and uh, God would often uh, use her in this role, and she would see things that oftentimes no one else saw, and I'm really looking forward to her sharing those stories with us next week and um, talking about some just some practical uh, stories that, that you can apply in your own life and maybe God can even use you or maybe he already uses you in that role. So, you know, paying attention and being awake, that's so important. You know, um, a watchman, oftentimes the most important time for him to be awake is when everyone else is asleep. And so, you know, I think of a nighttime security guard, you know, uh, a night watchman, is someone who will be hired to watch a company at night when everyone else is home sleeping. And so that's another area where a watchman might be sort of misunderstood because he's going to be or she's going to be awake when everyone else is asleep. And I love this quote. I shared it last week that I heard not too long ago that said, you know, you cannot wake someone who's pretending to sleep. That's an interesting quote, too, and we could really take a deep dive on that. But basically, you know, we said it's people who are, quote, asleep at the wheel, and they're sort of playing church and, and getting by. And, um, and that may work for a short time, but that's not going to work in your life for the long run. And so you need to be engaged. You need to be, um, you know, growing in your faith, and, and you need to be in, in some kind of discipleship. And I hope that this podcast is just one of those avenues, especially if you're interested in the prophetic and, and growing in that area. I hope I can share the things I've learned and have guests on that can share with you. But um, so, so being awake, being, being uh, vigilant, you know, we have, we have security guards at night um, for a reason, because uh, most thieves they're going to come in when everyone else is sleeping. That's the most convenient time for them. They're much less likely to get caught at night. And so that's why you need a watchman. You know, uh, my mom used this analogy recently, uh, just talking, we've talked about um, open doors. You know, s sometimes when you open a door metaphorically in your life, um, you know, you can, you can leave a door open for the enemy. And the way she said it is if, if at night, at her house, if she leaves the door open, you know, something may or may not enter, but the opportunity for the enemy to come in and steal from you has been made very easy for him. You have left a door open. And so metaphorically, sometimes we do that with the decisions we make. Um, I'll just pick a hot button topic. Let's just pick alcohol. Uh, my family, we are teetotalers. We are not drinkers. We have a history with uh, my grandparents with alcoholism. And so we just stay away from it because we feel like that would be an open door that we just cannot afford to leave open in our family. And so, you know, whatever your, your views are uh, as far as legalism on that, that's our reasoning. Um, also, though, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about drunkenness, and I just don't want to give, uh, I don't want to blur those lines, so we just abstain completely. Um, and that's, that's just my personal opinion. But with, let's just take this analogy with an open door. So with alcohol, 
you know, uh, so it may be fine for some people in, in their opinion to just have a glass of wine or champagne at a wedding or whatever. But for me, I'm talking about me, that would be an open door that I just don't want to, I don't want to, I want to keep that door shut, locked, and sealed. <laughs> I just don't want that area to, uh, to even be opportunistic in any way for the enemy or for, for even for myself to make a bad decision. So that's just a door that we keep sealed and shut. And that, uh, I've, you know, that's just a decision I've made. Now you can take that analogy with alcohol and apply it to anything uh, that you feel like you need to in your life. And I just think that's wisdom, especially when we begin to grow in the deeper things of the Lord and begin to step out and, and you know, like in this area, being a watchman, when you really begin to intercede, and I mean really pray and intercede, for your church. I'm here to tell you, God will begin to show you things. That's just how it goes. When you're plugged in and you're praying and you're, and you're um, praying for your church, God will begin to open your eyes, open your ears. And um, over time, you will begin to, to see and hear things that you know the Lord inspired and gives you insight so that it is a prayer directive. So you do know how to pray or you do know how to be a warning voice. And, and you know, there's different styles of how you, what you do with that. And I would say, pray about what to do with that information once God gives it to you. Maybe you should just talk to your pastor or or maybe you should um, just go back and pray about the things God has shown you. You know, I'm not sure. It depends on every circumstance is different, but, but we need to be in tune to what God is saying. And so we need to be paying attention. Uh, number two, uh, this one is, you know, these are just sort of expounded lessons on the, on the other lesson I did on Safa, but I'm going to challenge a tradition. So uh, my little niece, we recently uh, went to the, my sister-in-law, my brother, uh, their family has a lake house and for my mother's birthday and it got delayed because of uh, the quarantine so we went to the lake and my little niece was there and she's uh, five years old and uh, she wanted to pray over the meal and so she said everybody bow your head and close your eyes and you know God our father God our father <laughs> and we all sang it with her and it was really sweet and we, we prayed of our meal but I'm going to challenge a tradition tradition and I'm going to tell you as a Safa as a watchman sometimes you need to pray with your eyes open I'm going to say that again sometimes you need to pray with your eyes open you need to be in a state of both prayerfulness and watchfulness. You know, Jesus said to watch and pray all over the New Testament. Um, sometimes we need to break with tradition. And I'm one of these people that will tell you, uh, sidebar, not all tradition is bad. I think sometimes we have thrown out the proverbial baby with the bathwater uh, when it comes to tradition in an effort to be relevant. And, and that's my own personal soapbox. But I will say that um, it's fine to pray with your eyes closed. I'm not challenging that tradition. I'm saying, though, in the role of a watchman, uh, whether it be literally or metaphorically, we need to pray with our eyes open. We need to pay attention. Uh, recently, a few years ago in our Bible study, we were talking ab about these very things, about being a prophetic watchman or prophetic watcher or prophetic witness. And the Lord started speaking to me um, when our church would have an altar service, you know, I would bow my head and pray just like everyone else. But the Lord started speaking to me and telling me, open your eyes and observe and look around. And, I, and he began to teach me and I learned a lot. And, 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 you know, when I started doing that and, and the time I've shared where we went into the restaurant and I saw the dark cloud 
over the waitress and we had we had prayed with her and she actually received Christ. Um, that was another situation that when my mother and, and Beverly, Pastor Beverly were praying with her, um, the Lord told me, he said, open your eyes and look around. <laughs> and so I did and I, I noticed um, how all the different people responded in that moment. And so there is a time as a watchman that you have to pray with your eyes open. You have to have your eyes wide open and in an attitude of prayer as you uh, as God begins to show you things. You know, you're you're like I said, you're flying at 50,000 feet. You're just you have a huge spiritual bird's eye view. And so you you need to sometimes learn to pray with your eyes open, you know, to to um in Isaiah 56:10, God rebukes the deaf and blind watchman. You cannot be blind or deaf as a watchman. That's why you have to pray with your ears open and your eyes open. And so um, this is a time when, when you really need to be intentional and be focused and let the Lord teach you. You know, I hear some people, and this is not a criticism, but um, some people think that intercessory prayer is sort of working your prayer up in, into a frenzy. And there's a, there's a time for that. There's a time for, you know, warfare prayer where you're just, you know, letting the enemy have it, <laughs> you know, where you're crying out for righteousness. And we see that all over our Bible. But there's also a time, you know, when the, the Lord wants to, to have us be quiet and be still so he can speak to us or show us something, you know, there. There's, there's, I believe there's a rhythm. I've heard some pastors, I believe it's Tony Kemp calls it the heartbeat of God. And you get into the rhythm of, of what the Lord is saying. And, and you sort of get into that, I like, I guess, like a groove of what God is saying to you. And so sometimes the Lord will tell you to be quiet and just look around and observe and pay attention and listen. Um, my mom says it this way, and it's so true. I've come to really understand this, that a spirit will always identify itself you just have to be paying attention. Um, oftentimes people will say something and, um, and, and then the Holy Spirit will sort of nudge your spirit and go pay attention to what they just said because they just gave you a clue on what spirit you're dealing with. Um, I'm trying to think of one time of an example. I'm sure my mom could give one of examples of that. But, but you know, so oftentimes the enemy will accuse you. You know, let me say it this way. Jensen Franklin says this: principalities work through personalities, and so uh, the enemy has to use people, just like the Lord chooses to use people. And so oftentimes people will give themselves away because they will accuse others of what they are guilty of. And so oftentimes if you're paying attention, they will drop little breadcrumbs, little clues to what their true motives and intentions are. You just have to be paying attention. I should probably stop right there and not go too deep down that, that trail. Um, and let me say this too, as a, as a Safa, as a watchman, you have to remember one of the definitions here means to see things afar off. Um, so oftentimes, if you are someone in the position of a watchman, an intercessor, you are going to be a forerunner. You are going to see things further off. And, I, and I'm going to connect distance and time together. You know, that's what um, Einstein is famous for is the theory of relativity. And we talked about how if you put two twins, one on Earth and put one in a spaceship, send him, you know, far reaches of the galaxy and back, uh, the one on Earth will have aged faster 
than the twin that went on the space journey because time is relative. And so any time in the Bible when it talks about distance, there's a clue here about time. Time and distance are connected. And we have to remember that in the realm of the spirit, it is eternal. There is no time in the spirit realm. God dispensed time for his dealings with man. That's, I think, the way Billy Brim says it. God dispensed his dispensed time for his dealings with man. And so uh, we have to get our head around the timeless nature of God. In fact, uh, I don't want to sidebar too far, but go back and listen to uh, when my mom and I talk about Hebrews 4. And I'm going to probably do a whole other series on Hebrews 4, that rhema rest, knowing that God has already already provided your, the seed for your miracle from the foundation of the earth. That's so, that's, there's so much uh, power in that about how everything we do, we must do in faith, knowing that God has already put the provision there. And so that's a wonderful lesson um, about Hebrews 4, that we can just rest walking in faith, knowing that God is is uh, abundantly uh, able, <laughs> above what we could ask or hope for. He's already done it. And so we can know that, that all we have to do is be obedient and not get into doubt and unbelief. It wasn't sin. It wasn't the, the big party around the cow that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. It was their doubt and unbelief and their wavering and not walking in faith. And so we have to keep that in mind. Okay, anyway, so um, when you are walking in this realm of being a watchman, you are going to be a forerunner. You are going to have a heads up and see and hear things that other people don't see and hear. You're going to sometimes be ahead of your time. Um, You know, really, let's go back to Harper Lee's book, To Kill a Mockingbird. She actually wrote this book in the 50s, and it was published in the very early 60s and just preceded the civil rights movement. She was ahead of her time. She was, uh, she was a little ahead of the times and she was able to see uh, from having the vantage point of living in both the North and the South, uh, New York and Alabama, which are two different worlds, especially in the 50s, she was able to see things in a different perspective and that, was, that enabled her to be ahead of her time. Same thing will happen with someone in this role. You know, I think that's another reason she named her sequel Go Set a Watchman. Um, you know, we, we, have to, we have to understand that sometimes you will be misunderstood because you're going to be ahead of your time. You're going to see things that other people don't see. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about um, the, the scripture that talks about how in the last days when they all say, you know, peace and safety, then, then, it, then it comes. And so... Um, sometimes you'll hear prophets when things are going good. I'm, I'm thinking back to David Wilkerson. You know, he has a, a vision that God gave him in the very early 80s that, my goodness, he was um, he was ridiculed by people, even in the church, and, and people thought he was crazy. Oh, that'll never happen. You know, America's greatest days are ahead of us. And I'm not a doom and gloom to America person, by the way. I believe it's the tale of two cities. However, his message was uh, rejected by some in the church and widely rejected by people in the world. But we are actually living today some of the things that that this man of God prophesied about. And so he was very misunderstood. And only now, years and years later, you know, almost 50 years later, uh, you know, what, 40-something years later, do we see that, oh, my goodness, he was right on it. He was just way ahead of his time. So I think of that example uh, that you're going to see and hear things that, that are not going to be understood by everyone. And, and another one would be um, when, you, 
when you are sort of ahead of your time, it's because you are in a strategic location. You're in a much higher perspective. Um, and so a, a watchman is someone who, who has that vantage point, and, and, and that's why they sometimes are misunderstood. And then sounding the alarm. You know, the, uh, the watchman would have a tool, and his tool was the shofar. Well, your voice is a shofar, especially when you let the Holy Spirit breathe on your words or you speak the Word of God, then your voice does become a shofar, and it can, it can send out um, a signal to rejoice, it can send a signal of warning. You know, it can send a signal of praise. You know, when the harvest was in, that was a celebra celebratory time. And so the watchman is such a crucial part of the kingdom of God. And I want to encourage you to, uh, to begin to pray with your eyes open, you know, to pay attention, uh, you know, to, to, especially in the night hour, and to, to see and hear things afar off because you have a strategic perspective that the Lord has given you. And to warn people, uh, whether or, or just alert people, hey, it's time to rejoice, or hey, there's blessing heading your way, or hey, there's danger, we need to prepare, we need to be uh, engaged. And so the message of a watchman is the message, don't forget, the message of God. It's not our message, we don't put our commentary on it, that would be fake news, and that's not good. We see all the, um, all the, the drama this year, we've watched it play out with fake news. There was the whole um, Spygate and then the Russia collusion and, and after billions of dollars and in investigations, it, it turned out that that was not true. That was all rooted in someone's opinion and loose talk. And so we, want, we don't want to have, be guilty of loose talk in the kingdom of God as a watchman. We want to speak God's words. We don't want to speak our own opinions into things. Well, I don't, you know, I, I, we don't need to do that. If the Lord says, uh, you know, calling, it's time, like Cheryl's prayer directive in her vision of the bride, uh, it was part of that was repentance and holiness sanctification, uh, that, that there was, you know, uh, the bride was holding a, a gun and that was warfare. And so we need to pay attention to, to, and let those things be our message, just the things the Lord has told us. And then partner that with scripture, let your words be God's word. That's always very safe. Uh, you know, clear it with someone who's in authority over you. I always love to, to, to run things by people who I feel are my spiritual mentors or maybe, you know, your, your Sunday school teacher, your, your pastor, your mentor, um, especially if it's something that could be perceived, you know, negative or, or controversial. But the main thing is to watch and pray and pay attention. And so I just encourage you as you go about your week to ask the Lord to help you to be a watchman. I hope you have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post, you will be informed. Thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E at aim, A-I-M dot com. Bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.